0: Bismillah Alhamdulillah wa Salat wa salam Al Rasulullah. Wa la Alihi W Sabi Ajmain, Shawilla Illahailalla, Sharu Muhammad Al Rasulullah. You are listening to today Islam broadcasting almost live all the way from the forests of New York. Can you believe it? That the tall structures around here are not the big buildings of New York City, but we're looking at the tall structures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made and for centuries people have been seeking shelter under these structures. They're called trees and they're green and they're nice and the sun is setting in the west and that's where it's been setting for a long time, Alhamdulillah. As we know the hadith of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he told us that Allah will preserve the Qur'an until the sun rises in the east and Alhamdulillah he's still preserving it because the sun rose in the west this morning, Alhamdulillah. We're here in... um, upstate New York in a camp called, what? Lakeside. Yeah, I used to know that. Lakeside. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, and we're broadcasting, and then we'll be rebroadcasting on the internet. You'll find us at at todayislam.com. Our website's open 24 hours a day, and there's always plenty of free parking. So come along and uh, bring your computer mouse with you and just park it and listen while we talk about some of the things that will, inshallah, help us to know more about the purification of the soul or the heart, as many people call it. You know, in Islam, we realize that the heart is the essential center of the matter because alhamdulillah, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam told us that there's a morsel of flesh inside of the body, that if it's good, then the whole of the matter is good, but if it's bad, then the whole of the matter is rotten. And that morsel of flesh is the cob and in the Arabic language, this would mean the heart. <coughs> so we want to see what it is that will purify the heart. And I want to mention some of the things that kind of pick up where I was talking about what dirties the heart and then we'll talk about what cleans it. We were talking about lying. Lying is one of the things that really will destroy your Islam, it will destroy your heart, it will destroy your life and it's really the beginning of the matter. It's the beginning of the problem. Before a person gets into drugs and before a person gets into alcoholism and crime across the board, there's a crime they commit. First, and that's lying. That's true. That crime is committed first, and the reason I say that is because when a person starts to do things they have that are wrong, they have to tell a lie to themselves to say that it's okay to do it, even though it's not okay to do it. So that's where the first crime really begins. It begins inside of the heart. The Prophet said that when a person tells a lie that it puts a black mark on their heart. And they continue lying until the whole entire heart is darkened. And so this is what we want to talk about today. What it is that we can do to purify or to remove this from the heart. So the first and most important thing would be to know that there really is a law. And keep in mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's with you in his knowledge at all times, there's no place that you go that he's not aware of what you are doing and what's going on with you. He knows your emotions better than you know your own emotions. The second thing is to keep in mind that he is hearing every single thing, even what you're thinking in your heart, he's hearing it. He's seeing Everything, hearing everything, and knowing everything. Even that which you think you're keeping hidden, you're not hiding it from Allah. I recall a story of a sheikh who asked his students one day to go out and do something. He gave each one of them a sheep and he told them to go slaughter the sheep. And they all went out and he said, And when you go out, go to a place. Where nobody can see you and slaughter these sheep. So each one went in a different direction. And when they came back, each of them had the meat and they were gonna distribute it, I guess, to the poor. But the last one he came back, his name Abdullah. And he came back and he still had the sheep and it's walking behind him and his tail is moving, you know, like this shaking and he's going, ah ah, ah, ah They said, What's Abdullah, man? He didn't slaughter the sheep. <laughs> He didn't do it. But the sheikh he told him, you know, just made a motion for them to sit down and be quiet. Then he said, I see all of my students have gone and slaughtered the sheep. But I see this one, Abdullah, he didn't slaughter the sheep. Why? Abdullah said, well, I went to the mountains. I went to the forest. I went to the desert. And all of the places that I went to, I realized even though the people can't see me, Allah can see me. And you said, slaughter it where nobody could see me. And everywhere I went, I know Allah could see me. So I didn't slaughter it. And everybody started laughing at him. And the sheikh looked at them and he looked at this boy. He said, you know, Abdullah is the only one who understood the lesson today. I've also heard this story told about birds instead of sheep. But the case is the same, that no matter where you go, Allah, he sees you. He tells us in the Quran that there's not a gathering of three except that Allah is the fourth. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, Allah is with you in his knowledge, and he's with you in his seeing, and he's with you in his hearing. The one thing I would like to always make this distinction, Surto muzambu right? Muzambu? Yeah. Ayah 8, I think it is The seven and eight because those are the ones we read today huh? So the the subject that um, we want to stay focused on is the purification of the heart and what we want to say is that the first thing is to know we can't lie and we keep in mind Allah is watching us and this will help then think about a law. It's crucial to us not to ever put a law in the creation, so that means we can't compare a law to anything. We don't say a law is like something. In fact, the law tells us what he's not like, and that's his creation. In fact, we even say, and by the way, this is a way to help purify the heart is to get the right belief about a law. We even say that if you can see it or hear it, or smell it, or taste it, or feel it, then we know for sure that's not Allah. Because he doesn't compare to his creation. And he says, وَلَمْ well, يَكُولُهُ And there's nothing that's like Allah. Okay, now, what about the Qur'an? Can the Qur'an help us in purification of the heart? As a matter of fact, it can. In Surah Ra'id, chapter 13, I think it's in verse 26 or 25 that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about that the remembrance of Allah, verily in the remembrance of Allah, the hearts find this peace. And this is adhkar or dhikr. So dhikr of Allah is very, very important for us. And here we found in the Quran a place to find that. But then also the Quran itself is a form of this purification of the soul because it's a source of guidance and the guidance will help us to get uh, over the problem of this Dirty heart If you want to use that term <laughs> Think about Think about how Allah begins the Quran And what he tells us He says All the praise is due to the Lord of the worlds, Rahim, the The merciful, the most merciful Or the gracious, the most gracious He's re emphasizing his mercy, his grace that he has. Maliki Yomadin, the ruler on the day of judgment. And when we say our prayers, by the way, we should think about what they mean, what we're saying. We're talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That you only do we worship and you only do we turn to for our guidance. Ehidina siratu mustakim. Guide us on the straight path. Suratul ladina and Amta alayhim. The path of those that have your favor. This is the path of those righteous people that went before us. Those, those good people in Islam. The Sahabi and the uh, uh, Khalifa. The leaders after the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi And the Prophets themselves. As a matter of fact, these are the people that have this big nama of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ghayr al alayhim. Not the way of those that have Allah's ghadab, his anger, or well, the Dalin, or those who are astray or lost. Then Allah continues and he says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alif Mim. These are three letters from the Arabic alphabet. And then he says, Daleku Kitabu raybafi This is the book that has no doubt in it. Hudilil Mutakin, A source of guidance for those that have taqwa. And now we come to the subject. And this is the main subject we want to talk about. Because guess what? If you don't have taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you will not get guidance from this book. He just said so. He just said it. This is the book that has no doubt in it. Only the one who has the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Mutaki, is going to get the Hidayah from this book. So you're going to ask me, uh, okay, then how do I get this taqwa? You have some place you've got a special on, like some like two for one or Kmart or something. Where do I get taqwa? What is taqwa? Do you know what's taqwa in the Arabic language? Exactly what it means? Exactly the meaning of the word I'm talking about. Okay. Our sheikh told us that this is actually a partition, a veil, or something... Between you and something else A veil between you and something else Now can you put Obviously by if you listen to the, the ayah You get the idea That this must be between you and Allah But is there some place That you could go that Allah couldn't see you? Of course not We just said that So how are you going to put a veil Between you and Allah? You can't do it So what does Allah mean? Taqwa Why does he use this word? Because it means to put a petition Or a veil between you And Allah's ghadab His anger When Allah is angry at somebody Who can defend them? Nobody If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Is angry with an individual or a group Who could come to their rescue? Nobody Be afraid of this subject because if a person said, ah, no fear. Have you seen this on the bumper stickers or on the car said, no fear. Hey, I'm not afraid of nothing. We should all be terrified of Allah's God and his anger. Now, this is one of the mistakes of the people before us. They said, God is love. God is love. He has no anger. That's a big mistake. We know Allah is loving because he told us in the Quran that he is al-wadud, which means loving. But he's also the one who punishes Even some of the Muslims make a mistake on this subject Do you know that? Have you heard the Muslims when you say Why you don't wear hijab? Or how come you don't have a beard? Or why you don't pray five times a day? How come you're not taking care of your responsibility with Allah? Don't you fear Allah? Attaq Allah From the same word, taqwa Attaq Allah Put a veil between you and Allah Look what they say Allah Gafur Rahim Have you heard this? Allah is forgiving. He's merciful. And the ayah in the Quran says, For sure, Allah is forgiving. He's merciful. But what's the rest of the ayah say? And he's the one who punishes with a horrible punishment. So be careful. And fear this God above Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fear it. And he mentioned it even in the surah before in surah Fatiha. غَيْرُ maghdubi maghdubi from the word ghadab غَيْرُ maghdubi and not the way of those that have Allah's anger so be afraid of that and then what a Dalala means misguided and who guides who guides Allah who misguides Allah these two subjects are very key to us if we're going to purify the heart Because you have to understand that a part of this is being misguided and having Allah's anger. And what is the taqwa? What is the veil? What is the way that we can get this petition between us and this anger of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Allah tells us in the Quran exactly what it is. Because if you keep reading, you see it. Keep reading. Who did Those who established the salah. Immediately, for those Muslims who said that the five times prayer is okay, well, you know, I don't see it anywhere in the Quran. Wallahi, it's not in the Quran. It doesn't say five times a day. That's in the sunnah of the Rasul. This is where you learn about the actual prayers, how to perform them, the direction, the Qibla, so and so. There's so much you learn, although these things are mentioned in the Quran, but the Prophet salam, makes it clear how to use it. So still, though, Allah tells you you have to establish the salah. And they pay something out of the risk that Allah gives them. In other words, they pay charity from what Allah gives them. They believe in what's being sent down to you, O Muhammad. And they believe what's been sent down to the prophets before. And they believe in the afterlife. and these are the people that are on the guidance of Allah and he mentions the word Hidayah again here, Huda and these are the ones that are successful these are the first verses of the Quran and Surah Baqarah, and it confirms the verses right before it it's talking about guidance it's talking about taqwa guidance and taqwa, guidance and taqwa don't worry about trying to purify the heart if you're going in the right wrong direction you need to be in the right direction first And this Hidayah is very key to the whole thing. Once we get in the right direction and we learn, we've got to have this taqwa. Where are we going to get it? Hidayah, taqwa. Hidayah, taqwa. We want the Hidayah, but in order to get it, we have to have taqwa. We know where to get the Hidayah from the Quran, but we can't get it. You will read it until you turn green, but you will not get guidance from the Quran until you have this taqwa. And how will you get it? And Allah tells us this in the Quran as well. You'll find the first big mention of it right here in what I just said And then also in the Quran you're going to see it again in Surah Baqarah When Allah says Yayu ladina amanu O you who believe It's been ordered for you Like the people before you to fast Fasting is prescribed for you like the people before you So that you can attain a taqwa so that you can get this taqwa. So fasting is a good way to get this taqwa. Fasting, voluntary fasting, is a very good thing for us to do. Of course we have going to fast Ramadan and that needs to be established first, of course. So we need to know that this is a part of getting this taqwa. Because when you voluntarily give up food and you voluntarily give up drink during the day, this is a good thing it will help draw you closer to Allah. I'm going to bring this to a quicker close than I had planned. So I'm not going to give her all of the things tonight. What I would like to do is touch the key points and let you reflect on them yourself and think about it. First of all, your relationship with Allah is what this is all about. That's what the Prophet was talking about when he talked about that morsel of flesh in your body. It's talking about your relationship with Allah and that's really what Islam is all about, isn't it? It's your relationship with Allah. And if your relationship with the law is not good, then your life is not good. It's as simple as that. You can have all the material success that you want, but if your relationship with the law is wrong, then your life is wrong. You can be the best basketball star, the soccer player, the one who makes the most money, the most beautiful lady. And so and so, you have a talent for acting or you have this thing that people are looking up to you. But all of that's no good if your relationship with Allah is no good. And your relationship with Allah is known to you. You feel it. You know it. And if you want to be close to Allah, let's go through quickly and look at some of the things we should do. First of all, know who Allah is and who He isn't. Second of all, realize that you are the one who is responsible for your relationship with Allah. He's willing always to come to you much faster than you're willing to go to Him. The the hadiths of the Rasul are clear. He said, if a person comes to Allah walking, Allah comes to them running. That if a, a person go to Allah handspan, Allah comes to him at arms length. And of course, this is a parable or it's a phrase, not mentioning that Allah is in His creation. But it's understandable that as you make any effort, Allah is going to make it easy for you. But you've got to initiate the effort. It's up to you. You've got to start somewhere. You can't just say, oh, Allah, guide me, and then turn around and continue doing the foolishness that you've been doing. You've got to make a decision to stop. And you, when you make that decision, I'm ready to stop, I'm ready to turn back to Allah, then you have actually said in Arabic language, a Turn back. Turn back away from what you're doing and turn back to Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah tells us in the Quran that we're in a journey traveling away from Allah and coming back to Allah. wa ilayhi rajiun. For sure we're coming away from Allah but we're going back to Allah. Now keep this in your mind when you work this formula. Every single one of you and me, all of us, We were in front of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, before. We don't remember that. This is something taken out of our mind. But Allah tells us that he took all of Beni Adam, all of us, out of the backbone of Adam, our grandfather, and put us in front of him. And he said to us, Am I not your Lord? And we all said, Yes! And then he erased this from our mind, just like you erase a CD or you erase a tape with a magnet. Just wipe it out. He wiped that out from our mind. We forgot that. And by the way, this is the word in Arabic for human beings. Insan comes from the same root as forget. We were created to forget. Forget what? Forget that meeting that we had and to forget the meeting we're going to have with him. You were in front of him and you'll be back in front of him again just this quick and you'll be asked, what did you do with this life? And you won't have good answers if you don't pay attention to this subject. So we in this journey are working toward establishing this taqwa, praying for this hidayah, this guidance, and asking Allah to bring us closer to Him. Because what do you want in the next life? Of course Allah tells us about the rivers that flow underneath the gardens. And he tells us about these beautiful places that you'll see and experience these wonderful things. The food in the Jannah is beyond your imagination. The houses in the Jannah are beautiful beyond the biggest mansion you ever saw here. For your house, for instance, the Prophet told us that your house will be like the inside of a pearl as far as you can see in any direction. Amazing. And subhanAllah, yet for the men for the men they have such treasures stored up for the women they have such treasures stored up that the box that they have to keep their their jewels in is more beautiful than a pearl itself so alhamdulillah this still is not the object that we're looking for This is not what we're looking for Really the ultimate object in the Jannah What are we looking for? What do we want in the Jannah? We want to see Allah And some of the companions Of, uh, of the Prophet وسلم, They said Will we be able to see Allah? Will we have any difficulty to see Allah In the next life? And he وسلم, said Do you have any trouble seeing the moon on a clear night? They said no Do you have any trouble seeing the sun on a clear day? He said, of course not. He said, in the same way, you'll have no trouble to see Allah in the next life." And another hadith, he told us that on Fridays you will go to Allah. You'll be in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you will come back to your people and they'll say, oh, mashallah, you're more beautiful than when you left. So this is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal of a Muslim. It's not to go have 70 wives. The ultimate goal is to go and be with Allah This is the one If he, Al-Wadud, is loving you What more do you want than that? What more do you want than to be with the one you love With Allah To be in front of him To have him fulfill every single desire you have To have him give you whatever you want So to be with Allah is the thing most important to us To be cut off from Allah is the worst thing to us, the worst thing to us. And we would avoid that like we would avoid a fire. The worst, worst thing of all, if you think about it, for a person who goes to hell, is the fact that they will never, ever get to see Allah, and Allah will never, ever look at them. That's the worst, worst, worst. Because at least if they could see Allah They could appeal to him Allah help Nope Finished You had your chance So we seek refuge in Allah from this We don't even want to go there for one second And we beg Allah for the hidayah The guidance Because if he guides us We'll establish this taqwa But this part's up to you The hidayah is from Allah But the taqwa This is from you And you need to work on it I need to work on it Let's make a list real quick and see what we can do. First of all, stop lying. Stop it. This is the source of the problem. No lies at all. Not even in jokes. The Prophet did not like jokes that had lies in them. Forget it. By the way, somebody asked me one time about, uh, can I be a movie actor? I said, as long as you don't have to tell any lies. They said, well, the whole thing's a made up thing. I said, then you just answered your own question, didn't you? didn't you because they say well I have to take on this character and pretend I'm somebody I said is this lying or not stay away from that this is your only life you're going to get you don't get another chance at this don't blow this first stop the lying second begin to ask Allah open up your heart and just directly ask Allah I'm not talking about anything formal nothing fancy just begin by saying, Oh Allah, guide me, help me Allah, help me, and then, then begin to make sure that you have established the things that are fard on, on each person. What is fard on you? The Prophet wasallam told us about a beautiful hadith, and this is what I'll close with. This hadith is the answer to our problems. Listen to what he said. The translation says that Allah said So that means that this is called Hadith Qudsi Because Allah has said it, a sacred Hadith Or saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Not in Quran, but something that Allah has said He said, I declare harb, war On anybody who acts with hostility toward a friend of mine Oh, what? He's going to declare war? And anybody that tries to mess around with a friend of his Alright, I want to be Allah's friend How about you? You do? Okay This is now going to tell us what to do He continues by saying My servant does not come closer to me With anything more beloved by me Than what I ordered him to do The fard. Pray five times a day That's what he told you to do Fast the month of Ramadan. He told you to do that, Surah Bakara. Pay the Zakah. He told you that throughout the whole Quran. Make Hajj, Surah Bakara. Start at verse one eighty-three. Right there, i tell you about Hajj. No, that's uh, that's going to talk about Ramadan. So uh, go back to one seventy-seven. Back in that area. But so that, I, I like to give the numbers, the references, so that you, you know, when you're at home, you can take these and look them up and read and think about it for yourself. Because the Quran is really going to help you, provided you have this taqwa. It'll help you to see all of it. And then finally, think about this all the things that Allah ordered us to do, but there's one clear order throughout the Quran over and over Obey Allah and obey His Messenger. Obey Allah and obey His Messenger. So if you've done that, you've completed the first part of what needs to be done to be a friend of Allah. Then he says, and when my servant comes closer, and that means you've put the fard in place, you're praying five times a day and you're fasting the month of Ramadan and you're paying your Zikah then you can begin to do the extra things, but not until you do that first. You don't go out here and make zikr all day long and you don't pray five times a day. Doesn't make sense First You put this in place Once you put that in place Then you begin to do The extra things And when you do Then Allah says what? Look what he says And when my servant Comes closer to me Meaning with the acts That are extra I will love him You want Allah to love you? I do Once Allah loves you You got it Because look what happens He said And when I love him Or her Then Then Listen to this. Whatever they ask for, they're gonna get it. Ask for anything, you'll have it. Alhamdulillah. If he seeks my protection, I will grant it. Look at that. Now anybody mess with you? Anybody bother you? Anybody's messing with the Muslims in general, Allah will protect them. Provided these conditions are in place. And if you said, Well, wait a minute, we know that Muslims are being beat up all over the world. Well, now you just gave the answer why, didn't you? Didn't you just figure it out? Because now you see why. Why have women been raped in rape camps in Bosnia? Have you wondered about that? In 1993, it was so bad, they set up camp after camp and tied those women in there, chained them in there, and these men went in there just raping them and and nobody could stop them. UN officials went in and it's documented the UN officials who were supposed to try to stop this actually participated in it. Nobody stopped them. But guess what? When we began to send the supplies over to the people in Bosnia, they told me, eyewitnesses said they watched, brothers from Armashtad who were there, watched it happen that when the clothing came in those big boxes and containers from other countries, the women ran to those boxes and started running through and they were throwing away Calvin Klein jeans, Gloria Vanderbilt jeans. Levi jeans, throwing them away at a time When in Japan those jeans were used worth $400 But they were throwing them away You know why? Because they were looking for something to make a hijab out of They wanted the hijab Why? Because they know it will protect them They put it on and Allah said what? So that you'll be recognized and not be bothered But you don't want to learn it the easy way You want to learn it the hard way That's the hard way, all right, isn't it? So for the brothers who think, okay, beard is no big deal, okay. And for the ones who say, well, fasting is no big deal, okay. And for the one who said, hajj, is no big deal, okay. But what you've done is really put yourself away from Allah. So listen at the very end of the Hadith, and this is where I'll end. And at the end of the Hadith, he says, Allah says, And I hate to take his life, meaning this person. I hate to take his life because he hates to die. And I hate to disappoint him. And this Hadith, you can find it in the collection of Sahih Hadith and also the collection of the Hadith Qudsi. I'll repeat it again now and you think about the meaning as I say just the Hadith without commentary this is the English translation Allah says I declare war on anybody who acts with hostility toward a friend of mine when my servant does not come closer to me by anything that is more love to me than what I ordered them to do in the first place the fart but when my servant does come close to me by the extra acts then I will love him and when I love him Ah, there's a, I knew I missed something in this hadith. I missed this. I'm going to put it in now. <laughs> it says, And when I love him, I will become his hearing, and I'll become his sight, and I'll become his grasp, and I'll become his step. And the meaning of this is what? It says that you're not, you're not becoming Allah. You're not turning into Allah, okay? <laughs> and Allah is not entering your body. Forget that. We're not going to go in that direction. But the meaning is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep your hearing away from the things that He doesn't like you to hear. Like sitting around listening to bad talk or music or things like this. And He will keep you from seeing the things which He doesn't want you to see. And He will keep your hand away from the things that He doesn't want you to do. Like stealing or other things. And it could also mean your job The things that you do in your job He'll keep you in a good job So that you won't have to do things with your hands That Allah doesn't like And When he says he'll become your step It would mean That he won't let you go to places That he doesn't like you to go The places where Muslims don't need to be So alhamdulillah Allah jalana muslimin. We praise Allah And we thank Allah making us Muslim because it's Allah who give us the guidance to get as far as we are now and we ask Allah for more guidance we ask Allah to forgive us we ask Allah to open our hearts and to purify our hearts and we ask Allah to make me a better person for explaining these things and not leave parts of the Hadith out till the end I mean and by the way the something that I love to hear is when the Muslims say Allahu Akbar. So if I can get everybody here to do that, I'll, I'll say take beer, say like Akbar, and let everybody hear you. Take beer. Allahu Akbar. Wow, yeah, I tell you what, you guys are pretty loud around here, don't you know? People are trying to sleep. <laughs> You've been listening to Today Islam. We broadcast almost live right here on the Islam Network at todayislam dot com. Our website's open 24 hours a day and plenty of free parking.